Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Well, there is no more debate about whether or not everything in Kamala Harris's office as vice president of the United States is in full on disarray. It's a disaster. And only getting worse. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's the number. 833-GOT-TONY. It's bad and getting worse. It's a disaster and getting worse. More and more people leaving her office to the point where there is no plausible deniability. It doesn't exist. As has been described time and again, her style is just a disaster and leaves everybody desperate to escape. Nobody wants to be around her. No one. She is demeaning, as is described. She is demoralizing. As is described, there is just no good that comes from being around her. This is a gigantic problem, of course, for the Biden White House. It's a gigantic problem that they cannot avoid and they need to figure out how to fix. They don't have an heir apparent. They don't have anyone to say, well, hey, here's who the uh, who the, who the next uh, presidential nominee will be. They have nobody they can trust to take the helm if something were to happen to Biden in the meantime. And the odds are that something's going to happen to Biden in the meantime. I mean, that's just just the odds. The De- the Republicans certainly don't like her. The moderates have no interest in her. The, the Democrats don't like her. And it's not because she's a woman. It's not because she's black. Those, of course, are lies told by liars. I don't care if that liar is Anna Navarro or Joy Behar or Tiffany Cross or Joy Reid. Uh, they're liars. And if you say, Tony, are you mansplaining to them? Uh, my answer is, well, of course I am. I'm a man and I'm explaining things. Damn straight I'm mansplaining. That's how I do. That's how men do. They're men and they explain. I'm not going to woman-splain. I'm not a woman. I'm not going to boys plane. I'm not a boy. So I'm mansplaining. She's a terrible, awful person. She might be good to her husband. She might be good to friends. But she's not good to staff. And this is obvious. And she has no temperament for doing the job. And that's obvious. And she doesn't prepare. One of the stories is she doesn't read the briefings. So she doesn't prepare. And when she goes in there unprepared, she gets angry at other people for not providing her, I don't know, whatever it is she thinks she's supposed to be provided. As if it's somebody else's fault. But in her life, it's always somebody else's fault. Somebody else didn't do this, somebody else didn't do that, somebody else didn't do the other, etc., etc. Now, the question before us is, 
How did Biden not know this before selecting her? Well, we deal with it when we deal with it, but we had to have a black woman. Maybe that was a a real conversation. Well, then you could have picked black women who are qualified. I put forth to you that you never, ever, ever, ever would have had this conversation if you had selected Val Demings, congresswoman from Florida. You wouldn't have had this problem. Would not, not a chance, had this issue. But you made this choice. And now you've got this issue. You could have chosen anybody else and you didn't. You have Simone Sanders, the chief spokesperson who has left Harris's office. Ashley, I think her name is Etienne. Etienne. Communications director, Peter Velez, the press operations director. And Mince Evans, the deputy director of public engagement and intergovernmental affairs. All gone. They know the ship is over. They know she's never going to win, and they're going to go find another Democrat they could work with. I can assume the calls to Pete Buttigieg's office have been fast and furious. Now, the, the, the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, is supposed to be holding a press conference, the daily briefing, but I cannot get access to it. I don't know what's going on with C-SPAN, but I cannot get access to it no matter how hard I try. A producer, Ari, do you see her talking yet? Huh. That is strange stuff. Because not only is she scheduled, if you take a look at, at the how they see everything, President Biden is supposed to speak a little bit later today about prescription drug prices. Okay. Am I going to see something different than I saw from President Trump, who was working to bring down prescription drug prices in a way I wasn't too comfortable with? Because I wasn't too comfortable with it. Mandates from government telling private sector what to do doesn't make me happy. And <laughs> it didn't make me happy. Uh, regardless of who's in power. Bad ideas are bad ideas are bad ideas. And what's dangerous is dangerous is dangerous. But I really shouldn't go any f- more forward without discussing maybe the big story that's been so successfully hidden in terms of uh, any type of news other than when it happened. And that is that Chris Cuomo was fired. Yes, 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 yes. Fired from CNN, and it has nothing to do with the fact that he was helping his brother by going after women. It's that he may have been going after women. Here's how the story goes. Chris Cuomo is the brother of the murderous Lech, former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Yes, he is. Well, he was advising his brother on how to deal with these allegations of sexual impropriety. That's what we knew. What we didn't know is that He wasn't just giving some advice on, hey, here's how you do the messaging. He was talking with higher ups uh, in in, uh, Andrew Cuomo's uh, world, and these women were making allegations, and he's like, I'm on it. He was looking into the women, seeing what he could find out about the women making allegations. So if you say it another way, which would be true, Chris Cuomo was using his power and influence to try and discredit women who were accusing the then-governor 
of sexual impropriety while reporting on what a good guy his brother was. You get fired for that. How could you not get fired for that? It's beyond understanding that someone could keep their job. And they suspended him him indefinitely. And uh, they were going to investigate further. What did the investigation further find? The investigation further found more information. Because this is how CNN put it out. More information. Well, what does more information mean? What do I do with more information? Well, what we learned is that that more information clearly involved a woman making allegations against Chris Cuomo. So a woman who is a former co-worker made a sexual misconduct allegation against Chris Cuomo, and that's when CNN said, okay, we've had enough here. We have to cut bait. It doesn't matter how many times Chris has been the inside spoon for Jeff Zucker. It's it's all over. I mean, seriously, there's a, there's a bromance. There's something. It's obvious. For what other reason is Chris Cuomo kept there? And the best is they've been referring to him as the biggest star at CNN. What is... What is the biggest star at CNN? What is, I don't even know what that means. The biggest star at CNN? It's like the most amount of Kohl's cash back. Wait, they've got Kohl's cash for everything. Who's a star? In a world of mediocre, he's a star? Okay. Sure. Fine. Well, now he's been fired. Brian Stelter is now speaking out. Brian Stelter, who absolutely, positively wants his job. Holy cow. You know the biggest media story this weekend. It's the firing of Chris Cuomo from this network, CNN. Now, I've been working the phones ever since this was announced yesterday uh, uh, evening. Um, Frankly, I've been on the phone until the last five minutes here getting information about what happened and where CNN goes from here. So I'd like to start, now that you know the news about Cuomo's firing, with a timeline of how it came to this point. Why was Chris Cuomo fired now after CNN management supported him all year long? This is called an audition. Brian Stelter definitely wants the gig. I am hearing from a source that it will go possibly to Michael Smirkanish who was a radio host out of Philadelphia and then went to Satellite and then went to, to CNN weekends. Uh, I've always found Smirkanish to be a little hard to look at, physically hard to look at. Okay, it doesn't mean that other people can't I- enjoy him. I have always found him to be a, a little smug. But people say the same thing about me, so I don't know what to do. That's just my take. I don't know him as a host or anything else. I, I love the fact that they argue that he's center-right. Uh, no. No, no. He used to be uh, playing in that conservative world. Uh, he, he does not anymore, and he is not center-right. I don't argue anything about him is right in, in the slightest. But not only is Stelter auditioning for the job to take Cuomo's gig... And now it's talking about how 
Cuomo was such such a pain, caused so many headaches. Staffers were so unhappy with him. Where was where was this reporting? Where was this reporting from reliable sources? Brian Stelter. Why why didn't we have this information? This would have been very important information. Valuable information. But nope, none of it. It's only coming out now. Now when you, not only is the blood in the water, uh, the the, the corpse is dead. Well, the corpse is dead. Well, it's a corpse. Of course it's dead, Tony. And now you got a chance to move into the office. I mean, that's, that's it, right? You see an opportunity. I don't know what to believe from him. It's Brian Stelter. But remember that CNN wasn't willing to fire a guy for the journalistic, uh, well, grossness, the lack of journalistic ethics. He wasn't, they weren't willing to do it. Instead, it took an uh, a, a allegation of sexual impropriety. Only one, which I guess makes CNN better uh, than uh, Governor Cuomo because it took uh, eight or nine against him. Jen Psaki speaking right now, answering questions uh, at the White House press briefing. And Paralympic Games, given the PRC's ongoing genocide and crimes against uh, humanity in Xinjiang and other human rights abuses. The athletes on Team USA have our full support. We will be behind them 100% as we cheer them on from home. We will not be contributing to the fanfare of the games. U.S. diplomatic or official representation would treat these games as business as usual in the face of the PRC's egregious human rights abuses and atrocities in Xinjiang. And we simply can't do that. As the president has told President Xi, standing up for human rights is in the DNA of Americans. Uh, We have a fundamental commitment to promoting human rights, and we feel strongly in our position. And we will continue to take actions to advance human rights in China and beyond. This is uh, the United States has decided there will be a diplomatic boycott, a diplomatic boycott, of the games in Beijing. It's difficult to tell athletes not to compete. It's difficult to do. I mean, they, they, they train their whole lives for this. But uh, the diplomatic boycott is okay. So Biden's not going to take a trip to China. It's not much. It's like, it's like the NBA way of handling things. No, no, wait. This is more than the NBA would do on China. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I can't say I'm familiar with the organization, Thorn. Thorn Thorn.org. But they, along with Benenson Strategy Group, they they, uh, have a study. Self-generated child sexual abuse material, youth attitudes and experiences in 2020. I'm like, what in the world? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. It found that one in seven children, so what would that be, like 15%? One in seven children aged 9 through 12 shared a nude photo of themselves last year. Uh, Okay, you now have my absolute attention. 
So they refer to it as self-generated, as SG, child sexual abuse material, CSAM. Child sexual abuse material, CSAM, CSAM. So SG, CSAM, that's how they refer to it in this report. I'm still going through the methodologies they used. There were um, 2,002 minors from across the U.S. participated in a 20-minute online survey over the course of three weeks. Uh, 1,200 plus 13 to 17-year-olds and 742 9 to 12-year-olds. Well, okay. Um, let's, let's, let's leave it as, as that. Let's just say those are the base numbers, and then they have some breakdowns. The percentage of minors who have shared their own photo is at 17%. I had it right. That's up from 11% in 2019. Percent of minors who agreed it's normal for kids their age to share this stuff. 28%. The number went up in 9 to 12-year-olds, but down in 13 to 17-year-olds. Now, in all cases, the numbers of kids who shared somebody else's imagery, like you got, you somebody texted you an image, and then you shared it with somebody else, that went down. So clearly they've learned it's wrong to share the image, but not that it's wrong to send the image. That's, this is frightening stuff. The amount of time I spend with my kids saying, don't allow photos to be taken of you. There's never, ever, ever, ever any reason anywhere at any time Never a reason anywhere at any time for you to be taking some picture of yourself without clothing or of anybody else. Never, 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 never. I mean, that's the... I mean, that, that's parenting 101. But I haven't heard my kids discuss the fact that there's a lot of pressure about it. Right, I haven't heard them say they're getting, uh, they're hearing other people be pressured about it. They're getting pressured themselves about it. Haven't heard that. This is really interesting. Info.thorn.org. I got to do a little more research. Make sure I understand it all. Meanwhile, Representative Ocasio-Cortez thinks that the smash and grab robberies happening across the country, nothing more than a hoax. Radio host and reporter Carrie Pickett, she'll break that down. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Walgreens in California cited it, but what they, but the data didn't back it up. So. 
Is Representative Ocasio-Cortez making the claim that there aren't smash-and-grab crimes happening, whether it be at a Nordstrom or at Target's or, or at Home Depot and other places? Sounds like she's doing just that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Kerry Pickett, a longtime reporter on Capitol Hill, has been doing the work that others refuse to do, which is walking the halls of Congress and actually asking questions. And she is the one who asked the question of Representative Ocasio-Cortez, Right there, the story is just now starting to really uh, blow up. And and look, it's possible that I hear things through a lens and I hear things improperly. She's talking about some charges not panning out. But it did sound like she was pretending or, or stating, I should say, that the idea of what we're seeing across the country isn't real. Is that, is that what you took away from it? Well, yes. You see, Tony... Um, I got some inquiries from some of my readers saying, hey, uh, Carrie, can you um, can you write up or, you know, put out the rest of that interview and put some more context to it? Well, gee, everybody, I would love to to do that. In fact, I'd love more context to what uh, the the congressman was uh, was uh, telling me, because I actually did run after her as as the elevator doors were closing and uh because uh, in, in Congress, you're not allowed to jump into the elevators with the uh, lawmakers unless they give you permission to go into them. So I had to take these stairs down, puff after her and say, Congressman, Congressman, you know, please uh, tell me, uh, you know, I don't want to misquote you. Well, thank you very much for you know, not wanting to misquote me. Well, can you please elaborate what you meant on the Walgreens? And uh, Well, I don't have data in front of me, so, uh, you know, no comment. I mean, it, like, that's how that went down. So she wouldn't elaborate on what you just uh, told me and what you just heard. Uh, I tried getting more information from her office. They wouldn't tell me what, what, what she meant. I tried talking again to one of her uh, staffers the following day. I said, hey, I'd like to get more information and more context about what she meant. Because here's the thing that we know about the, the congresswoman here is that when you know that she made a very, uh, shall we say, polarizing statement, that that you know is going to get a lot of response. She can get very defensive, and uh, you know, say, "Hey, look, I'm getting a, a lot of response here from a number of lawmakers and the retailers uh, association uh, who said, hey, uh, she doesn't know what she's talking about.' And they still didn't want to get back to me. I still haven't heard back from Ocasio Cortez's office. So this is a situation here where, even other Democrats are concerned about what's happening in their cities, which is why I think she's gone relatively silent for now. Now, you had also, while you were there on Capitol Hill, as you often are, you asked the same question, give or take, to Representative Maxine Waters of California. Organized retail theft. I beg your pardon. I get your thoughts on smash and grab organized retail theft that's been going on in California. What do you think is the root cause? Oh, I don't know exactly what's going on, but evidently uh, the local police authorities and others have a job to do uh, to determine uh, whether or not this is an organized pattern of some kind, and they're going to have to take, uh, you know, action in order to protect the citizens all over. 
It sounds, Carrie, talking to Carrie Pickett of Washington Times. You can also follow her on uh, Twitter, Carrie Pickett, P-I-C-K-E-T. You also hear her on Sirius Satellite Radio from time to time. It sounds like, yeah, they're aware of it, but they don't want to talk about it, which goes to what you were just uh, alluding to, which is they know they have a problem with their constituents and with society in general when it comes to re-election, and they don't know how to answer these questions. They don't know what to do about it. Correct. Uh, one of the things that they are telling me, Tony, is that, uh, well, uh, we know that there is a lot of crime going on, specifically in our districts, in our states, uh, in the major metropolitan areas. We don't want to deal with the idea that there has to be harsher sentences, um, harsher penalties, for example, going from misdemeanors back to a back to felonies. But what we do perhaps want to maybe do is go after the resellers, uh, maybe uh, having harsher penalties on people who are dealing with who, who are taking these like stolen goods and then selling them over on Amazon and then identifying who they are and then getting those getting those counterfeiters. Those are the people who they want to go after. But they don't want to go after the people who are actually spe- specifically stealing those 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 goods over in the streets because those are the ones who they look at as like the victims. Mm, you know, let's uh, let's start thinking about that maybe a little bit more because then that goes against the whole issue of bail reform. That goes against the whole issue of you know no cash bail and then lighter sentences on some pretty hardened criminals. You know, we're having this this bail issue in my beloved Indianapolis where we have seen people through the bail project. Uh, bail's been reduced. They have been bailed out. There have been murders to a police officer stabbed uh, in, in conjunction with these kinds of conversations. The bail conversation has become a front and center one, not in the way those people who want to reduce or eliminate cash bail want. But getting back to, to the smash and grabs, uh, this is... Clearly, as, as you're describing it and you see the responses from these two members of Congress, they know it's a problem. And they know that if the progressives have, and this is me saying it, pushed the, the idea and have never retreated from the idea that shoplifting is a victimless crime or, or theft is a victimless crime and you're deserving of these things and you're owed this. And this has been a progressive mantra uh, going on for not days, not weeks, not months, uh, but years. And now you have people acting out on it and then making the claim that, you know, all cops are this and cops are bad and that they even try and arrest you. It's somehow the police that are the problem, not you. And if you you, as a, a manager in a store, should call the police. You're just adding to the attacks on people of color. That's how the argument usually gets made. But this is a 2022 election issue. What are you hearing on the Hill, Kerry, about what Democrats are saying about it, how they're dealing with it, and how Republicans want to use the issue? Well, uh, Democrats, you have sort of these different factions. So while you have some Democrats who will say, oh, no, 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 we are for law and order, exactly how uh, Maxine Waters, like, well, we have to have the authorities deal with it, and the authorities have to figure out what's going on, because I have no idea what's going on. Well, of course she knows what's going on, because she's been sort of uh, told, hey, Maxine, you know, you have to get with the program here, because if we're thought of as soft on crime, we're going to have a a, a very tough time reelecting our uh, frontline Democrats, our uh, 
are uh, vulnerable Democrats. But the but the issue here, as far as those vulnerable Democrats are concerned, is that they are grumbling that they are still looked at as soft on crime. And going into the 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 uh, midterms, they're going to have to figure out how to weave around that. The Republicans, on the other hand, as long as they're able to continuously play those videos in a loop of Gucci, of Nordstrom's, of Home Depot being smashed up and having all of these huge mobs run through the streets, they're going to have an election issue on their hands that they can run with going into 2022. Carrie Pickett, Washington Times. Follow her on Twitter, P-I-C-K-E-T, Carrie, K-E-R-R-Y, at Carrie Pickett on Twitter. I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more coming up. I'm Tony Katz. means not only respecting and valuing the freedom of press and media here and around the world, uh, it also means ensuring we are speaking out against human rights and ensuring we are taking steps to address corruption around the world. We just put out a major report on corruption today, too, in advance of the Democracy Summit. So what I was getting at, I think, is, and I think why you were asking, is that um, it is not, you know, we are continuing to uh, work hard, do better, ensure we are protecting our own democracy here at home. And I think uh, it, is, there, it is unquestionable that as people around the world, countries around the world, looked at the events of January 6th, looked at what happened here in the United States, uh, it was clear that when the president came into office, this was going to be front and center on his agenda, and it has been. If you still think January 6th is the worst thing to happen to America, the level of unseriousness is through the roof. I mean, let, let, it has to end. The nonsense has to end. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, everywhere. TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. You know, I was talking about Kamala Harris. Well, uh, Jackie Heinrich, it seems, uh, from Fox News, asked the question. I just want to ask about the Washington Post article, which is another article that's come out after a string of articles detailing dysfunction in the vice president's office. Um, and then the director of operations put out a tweet today talking about how much he loved his job. Uh, there was a similar sort of social media push this summer following some negative headlines uh, about ongoings in the vice president's office. Did anybody ask the deputy director to put out a positive tweet today or was that all him? I'm not aware of any asks for a positive tweet or a specific tweet. I would point you to the vice president's office, but I work with a number of people in the vice president's office who certainly are looking forward to continuing their jobs. Go ahead. Looking forward to continuing your job is is not the same as uh, it's it's an absolute hellscape. Those are, those are different things. Very, very, very different things. You can't spin the unspinnable no matter how hard you try. It's like still thinking that Dr. Fauci provides us with value. Did you did I share this already, Producer Ari? Rand Paul on Fauci? Uh, oh, no, not today. I don't remember it. It's precious. Senator Rand Paul saying, please 
ignore this man. The Omicron variant is already across the United States and across the world. No travel ban is going to stop it, and no amount of testing is going to stop it. But think about this. Fauci now says if you know someone's been vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask next to him. So you see him at one of these glittering Hollywood parties the other day, and it's like, oh, if I don't know the person, I put a mask on if I know them. Well, he doesn't know their vaccine status. How idiotic is that? Oh, I don't know that person, so I'm going to put my mask on. But now I'm going to take it off because I know that person. He doesn't know who's vaccinated or not by looking at them. It's a ridiculous standard. But here's the bottom line. People who have been vaccinated or people who have gotten the disease naturally do have a semblance of protection and should feel comfortable going about their daily lives. Let's not live in fear because Dr. Fauci is is promulgating things that are unscientific just to scare you. If you've been vaccinated or if you've had the disease, live your life and ignore this man and let's hope he can be gone as soon that's just that's just as direct as you're going to get that's as direct as you're going to get and he's right live your life and ignore this man except uh the, these people don't want to ignore him they want to hang on his every word and do not only do his bidding but the the idea that he should be listened to for theirs that's the that's the story. Now, then there was a question asked to Jen Psaki about crime overall. We were just talking to Kerry Pickett of the Washington Times about these smashing grabs and how Democrats like Representative Ocasio-Cortez want to pretend it's not actually happening. Well, of course it's happening. The business owners will tell you it's happening. It is an issue heading into 2022 into the midterms. But Jackie Heinrich again with the question. Oh, oh, go ahead. Thank you, Jen. Um, on the violent crime spike that we've been seeing, um, there have been smash and grab robberies. There was the pretty alarming murder in the wealthy Hollywood neighborhood last week, and then uh, an attack, a, a violent robbery in Pacific Palisades on Friday. This is sort of similar to the crime spike that we saw over the summer, and one of the president's biggest uh, pushes to address that was the DOJ strike teams that were sent out to those five cities. It was D.C., New York, Chicago, L.A., and San Francisco. Since those strike forces were assembled in July, have they accomplished anything? Look, I think we sent those uh, strike forces in part because of the spike in gun violence, something that continues to be a concern. And we sent them, uh, the Department of Justice, I should say, sent them in order to work in partnership and in, law, in lockstep with law enforcement on the ground. We've also recently taken steps. Uh, the Justice Department, the FBI, and federal law enforcement have been working with local jurisdictions, especially areas like Los Angeles, San Francisco, and others where we've seen a rash of break-ins to offer their assistance and provide assistance through multi jurisdictional task forces treat it like organized crime i want organized crime task forces at play here and i want everybody arrested and perp walked and arrest their cousins what are we doing you're the ones who call it organized crime great now let's treat it like organized crime everyone goes to jail including the people at the top of the family All those politicians, all those leftists on social media, all those culture warriors who think that it's fine that you steal from other people because, after all, you deserve it, and they took from you first. They all are guilty. 
It's organized crime. If you once spoke to the getaway driver, if you once had a cup of coffee and you were two tables away from a guy who was involved in something, you go to jail. So let's send everybody to jail. Watch how quickly it stops. Watch how quickly it ends. Now, Joe Biden, he's the, the president of the United States. I know it's, it's, it's happening. Uh, he is supposed to be giving a talk about prescription drug prices. Okay. Now, the question is, is he going to take questions? How's his voice? Remember, he had a cold. Mm, wink, wink. I, I'll believe him. You know, why, why would I think that that's a conspiracy theory? The man had a cold and he had that deep, deep voice. Uh, you know, in his in his talk last week. And he's been taking questions, so maybe he'll take questions here. Maybe we'll hear from Joe Biden. And yes, who wouldn't want lower prescription drug prices? But at what governmental cost? That's question. What's the cost overall? And does anybody believe that a plan of Joe Biden's will actually stick? That's my question. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today.